the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. This is the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. Jason is with us in Sacramento. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Good afternoon, Jade and Dave. Um, so my financial plan has ADD. I, I, I'm kind of all over the place <laughs> with my baby steps. Why? Um, well, I've been listening to you guys for a number of years. I follow you online. I haven't actually signed up for financial peace, but I did register to become a um, coordinator. Um, we paid off our basic debt. We paid off our car debt. We have our emergency fund. Um, we we have our you know three to six months in savings. So I think we're on four or five and six, and then we just kind of went, okay, we're good. You have well, no debt at all except your house. Uh, well, you're going to yell at me. I have 2000 in credit card debt that we roll over, not roll over, but our monthly expense. But no, wait, were you listening? Okay. I was. Dave. Okay. So you already got yelled at a little bit for those listening. We I will get yelled at. Yes. For those listening <laughs> to past segment, we, we yelled at some folks, but here's the thing, Jason, you, you said you're a longtime listener. You said you understand the yep. program. You're choosing to do something different. You're choosing to work your own plan, but you called us and I'm going to tell you to cut up the credit cards. And I'm also going to look at you with a, with a a smart look on my face and wonder why you are doing that. Uh, Honestly, it came, the way it started for years, I was cash only before, before your show. Uh Um, And then we, we weren't in a position where we wanted to pay cash for a car because it would have cut too much into our savings. And, we we just we had no credit, so. Um, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Let's stop we a second. Out of Let's stop a second. Because I, we stop. Had no whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop. Okay, I've heard about your plan, and yeah. you know about our plan. What's your question? Yeah. Uh, so the question is, uh, outside of my two thousand dollar credit card debt for the monthly bill, uh, I'm somewhere between steps four, five, and six. No, you're not. And I'm just trying to figure you're out not the best working way to navigate. This, you're, you're not working this plan. You're not, you're not working plan. the baby steps. But what's your question then? Okay. What's your question? Okay, so you want me to pay off the credit card debt? No, what is your question? Roll into step four, five, and six? I want you to tell me what your question is. I, I'm just are you asking what baby I, step I, you're on? Um, I In my head, I think I'm in baby step four. You're in baby step two. You're in baby step four of your head. But you have a different yes. plan of baby steps than we do. So, no, you're in baby step two. You still have credit card debt, and you still have credit cards. So you still have consumer debt. 100% debt-free with no credit cards and debit cards in your pocket that you use your money is baby step two. And you're not there. Okay? And it's inconvenient to pay cash for my car because I don't want to limit my savings is your plan, not a millionaire plan. Not a wealthy person plan, a middle class person's plan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave money in savings at three to five percent and borrow money to buy a car at eight to twelve percent. Well, that's a freaking genius move. I mean, so you, what you've got to decide, Jason, is, and it's okay. We're not going to be mad at you, 
but don't walk around telling people that you're on a baby step because you're not doing any of it. You're doing your deal. And one of my friends who's a, a, a wealthy guy that still had been playing around with debt and stuff, I was, I was actually speaking at an event, and he and I ended up having lunch after the event uh, in another city. And he said, you know, I finally did all your stuff. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you did all my stuff? Because you ain't done nothing, I said. Right. We've been friends a long time, and you've been stupid the whole time I've known you. <laughs> And he, he goes, well, what do you mean? He goes, I said, man, you don't, it's okay. I still love you. You're still my friend, yeah. but you don't do our stuff. And he goes, no, I really do. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I did it all. I'm hundred percent debt free. I've got my emergency fund. I, I, matter of fact, I'm paying off my house. Uh, I paid off my house two weeks ago. Oh, wow. And so he's baby step seven, right? He did it all. And I said, what changed? And he goes, well, I finally had to submit myself ding, to the ding. process that you laid out. Because I kept thinking I could figure it out faster than you could, and I forgot that you're the guy on this. Yeah. And he go and he goes and oh by the way when you're doing the stuff in my world you're going to submit yourself to my way because I'm See? the expert there and I'm like I'm in smart I'm guy in. you know I mean you, but you have to you know you got to find a proven thing and then do the thing not ish it I mean ish is a wish Dave Dave you're on the radio we're on the radio. Num- what it was a number 16 show financial expert and when we I'll, I'll talk about myself from before i got here i listen to you and i listen to the other personalities because i'm like they're in that position they understand money i'm a lay person i'm just trying to scratch and claw my way do i really think that i've got a better method or am i going to go for the folks if that do, have helped millions of other people do it and if you do it's okay Go do that. Go do that. It's okay. We don't have to be mad about it. I'm not mad about it. But here's the thing. If you want to do the stuff we're talking about, do it. Yeah. And it'll work. It's a proven process. Screwing around with it and ishing it. You know, I'm ish. I'm Ramsey-ish. Yeah. It, It just doesn't work, Jason. Doesn't work, my brother. I, I do get so, a little again, salty. Hey, you though, and I Dave. be friends, and you keep your car payment and your your credit cards, and we'll still be friends. And I'll just be your rich friend. <laughs> and I, so I, I know, get a little frustrated with it, Dave. I'm not going to lie. You, well, it it is it is frustrating, but you know it's just but but it it, it but the frustration is not because of like we're insulted. No, 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 like Because no. we want we love you, folks. Yeah, we love you. We want you to win. We want you to do better. Yeah, and we want you to turn the corner on this stuff, and so, but it's like a lot of things in life. Have you ever had a friend that was, you know, trying to quit drinking or trying yeah. to quit misbehaving, and and you wanted it for them more than they wanted it for them? Yes. Yeah, that. That's the frustrating part because we we see it and we know and we get it. And welcome to the Ramsey Show. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah, because we love you. And we, I mean, but everybody's got stupid people that they love. I mean, you know. <laughs> We all do. And I'm the stupid people that other people love. I was so about to say, okay. sometimes I'm on the other the end other of that side. in some cases. I love Dave, but he's crazier than a bean. You know what I mean? It's okay. I'm, that's all right. I'm good with that. It's, Not you a know, bean. You don't have to be, we don't have to be mad about it. We don't have to troll somebody about it or something like that. It's just a matter of, are you going to do this stuff? It's like yeah. I hired a personal trainer and he's got a six pack. I got a keg, right? And um, I'm like, and, and he tells me what I need to eat. Now, if I don't eat what he says... Then I'm I'm not gonna look like him. Well, that is one thing to not eat what he says, but don't sit there and argue with him about yeah. it. I, I'm actually a nutrition specialist. <laughs> Check out this belly; it proves it. <laughs> right. Some of the folks come obviously, on here and they li- rip off their I shirt. Obviously, I have taken in more food than you, so I I, am, I know more than you. 
This is the Ramsey Show. (laughs) With more frequency than you know, I get calls and emails from people dealing with the recent loss of a spouse or a parent. You can hear the struggle and the heartache they've been experiencing. And at a time they should be grieving, what breaks my heart the most is the strain and tension they're going through because of money, especially when it's a situation that could have been avoided. If you have a family, it is your responsibility to have term life insurance. It is one of the things you do to show you care. And yes, this is an ad for Xander Insurance. But since this is one of the most effective ways I have to get my point across, so be it. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Listen, you need to check out Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. I can't say it enough. Protect your family. It's what you're supposed to do. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Our question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Don't wait until the AC or other home systems go out this summer. Neighborly is your key to staying on top of your home maintenance needs. Don't wait on emergencies. Find reliable home service providers like AirServe, Mr. Appliance, and Mr. Rooter Plumbing, lots of others at neighborly.com. Keeps your house running like clockwork. Today's question of the day comes from Harry in Georgia. He says, I have a budget in place and I'm using the debt snowball. Would you recommend consolidating all of the debt into one giant personal loan? I also have a total of $50,000 between five credit cards, a personal loan, and an appliance loan. I also have a ton of equity in my home, so I was wondering about doing a home equity loan, which could give me tax savings on the interest. Should I just keep it status quo for now and continue the snowball or do debt consolidation loan? Overall, I'm just looking to expedite debt elimination. All right, so... The debt snowball, I would not call status quo. I think that it is the most effective way um, to pay off debt. And it's been proven. There's been some studies. I know Harvard published a paper about why the debt snowball actually works and that it works. It's the most successful way to pay off debt. So I would not recommend um, Harry doing a consolidation or a HELOC. And it sounds like you're just like trying to think of ways to get this debt out of your life. And again, there's no easy button. You're going to have to list your debts from smallest to largest and work to pay this off. If you do a debt consolidation loan, there's a couple of things there. You're not paying it off. You're just clumping it all together, moving it all together. And actually, there are studies that show that when you do that, your brain thinks that you have less debt and you go back into debt again because you've moved it all into one payment. You haven't actually paid it off. Not to mention when it comes to debt consolidation, you know, they're doing for you what you can do yourself. They're they're making deals with these companies. You can do that yourself. You can set up payment schedules. You can do all of that yourself. You don't have to pay somebody to do it for you. And a lot of times the interest rate when you get debt consolidation is no better because it's based on your credit. And if you have ruined credit, then you're not gonna have a better credit rate on that debt consolidation loan anyway, a, a better uh, interest rate. So I wouldn't do that. And then talking about the HELOC again, You're just moving debt and now you're moving it into your home mortgage. So you really want to put your home on the hook for your debt. I would not do that. Um, Home equity line of credit is what he's talking about for somebody who's listening the first time and you don't understand what that is. It's basically a line of credit that you pull out on your home 
and uh, he wants to use that to pay off his debt. A terrible idea. You're not paying it off. You're just moving it into your mortgage. Not a good idea. Let's use the debt snowball. Again, list your debt smallest to largest, make minimum payments on all of the debt, and then take any and all extra money that you can and throw it at the smallest debt until it's paid off. Got to go quickly. Got to use intensity for this. And then when that smallest debt is paid off, the money is freed up and you throw it on the next smallest debt. And then you do that again. And before you know it, you've got a nice snowball going and that is how you pay off debt. And let me tell you something, you want to do that. You need to do it smallest to largest so that you feel those wins, uh, Harry, because when you feel the win of paying off that smallest debt, you're going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can do this. This works. And then you're going to go to the next one and you feel that motivation once you begin starting. And once you start feeling the momentum that comes with the snowball, so just do it. Just walk yourself through the process. You're going to be better for it. You're going to allow yourself to feel the pain of your debt. When you do the snowball, you feel it because you have to work to make it happen. You're not just rolling it into some other loan. You're not rolling it into your mortgage. You're not taking the easy way out. Harry, the thing you got to remember is this. You have a block of debt that's $50,000. If that block of debt is a debt consolidation loan, it's still $50,000. If that block of debt is a HELOC, it's still $50,000. There's only one way to get rid of $50,000. Pay $50,000. There is no, none of these programs, all they do is lower the amount of interest, and interest is not your problem. Spending more than you make is your problem not increasing your income enough to throw at the $50,000 is your problem. You need to come up with $5,000 a month for 10 months because you work so much that you can't breathe. Great place to go when you're broke to work. The interest rate on your HELOC is versus the interest rate on your debt snowball is not going to fix the problem. No, you need $50,000. That's the problem. You're concentrating on the wrong end of the iceberg. The interest is just sticking up above the water. There's a big iceberg below the surface. Mm-hmm. It's $50,000. That's the problem. And I want to write off the interest as a, having a HELOC. You're not writing off the interest. <laughs> You don't, you don't write off the interest on a HELOC. You know why? Only 13% of Americans itemize. 87% take the standard deduction. Ooh, good point. So you probably are taking a standard deduction, which means you don't get to write off the interest because you already took your standard deduction. Mm-hmm. If you are one of the 13% who itemize, you probably are not itemizing this this anyway, and it's not that big a deal. I mean, the interest, let's say it's 10% on $50,000, it's $5,000. You know what that saves you in taxes? $1,250. $1,250 in your problem. Right. $50,000 is your problem. Quit trying to trick your way out of this. Mm-hmm. Come up with $50,000. That's how you do it. And the debt snowball leads you through that process and keeps you moving. But you've got to concentrate. You need $5,000 a month extra for 10 months or $2,500 a month extra for 20 months. That gets rid of your problem, not a little bit of savings on interest or some faux tax write-off that you're not even really taking because you're taking a standard deduction. That's what's really going on. Tara's in Kalamazoo. Hi, Tara. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Dave and Dave, for taking my call. Certainly. How can we help? 
My husband and I are about 35, and we have one kid and one on the way. We have about $200,000 left on our mortgage, which is at a 2.375% rate. It was originally a 15-year. We have 12 left on it. We have no other debts, about 60000 in cash. We have about 500000 in investments with one 401k that we max out each year. We have 140000 in short-term treasuries like I-bonds and T-bills. Um, we'll How much was your mortgage rate. again? Um, it originally was about two. Now, what is it we today? Have, we have 200 left. And you have 140 in I-bonds and 60,000 laying around in cash. Yes. Why Girl? do you still have a mortgage? Well, that's what my question is around <laughs> is should we, like we've seen rates climb, right? With treasuries about 5% now. So we're curious if we should take advantage of our current position um, seeking something low duration, like a 17 week, um, T-bill and put like all of our 200. We're not making any money on that if stuff. If I were you, I would be mortgage free today. You're not making any money on that stuff. You need to roll out the actual math that you're talking about here and how many dollars it results in. It's not spit. You're not getting wealthy with this. Yeah. I mean, you actually yeah, take 140,000 and multiply it times that. I mean, you can't even go out to eat. It's not real money. You're just playing a math game. You're trying to do this with intellect. And and if you actually run it out the nominal dollars that are the resulting here, you're not making it. You're not arbitraging your house into T-bills and making any spread. It's it's the, the difference is a joke mathematically. I mean, it's a couple thousand bucks. It's not going to make you rich. You're playing games with stuff that's not going to make you rich. You can pay off your house today. Keep some, that'll make yeah. you rich. Yeah. Keep it, some money aside for three to six months. Yeah. Three to six months of expenses and emergencies, no other debt, and liquidate everything that's non-retirement and pay this house off this week. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Definitely not borrowing on my home to invest in T-bills. <laughs> oh, this is The Ramsey Show. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Angie's in San Bernardino. Hi, Angie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Hi, Miss Jade. Hey, Mr. Ramsey. What an honor to talk to you both. Thank you so much for taking our call today. Our pleasure. How can we help? Okay. So I'm hoping you can help us out. My beautiful husband and I cannot agree what to do with a rental property that we have. My hubby is uh, pretty concerned about the capital gains and the recapture of depreciation that we would pay, we would have to pay if we sell it. And I, on the other hand, I think it's a really good time to sell. And I think this money would change our lives. We would pay off our home. We would um, invest a little more in our Roths um, and <clears throat> maybe do a small um, home renovation. Um, so, and eventually, like you mentioned before, you read the menu from left to right. I can't wait to get there. So, um, we are humbly asking for your opinion. Um, I should disclose something and no pressure. Okay. No pressure at all. But he did say that if you said that we sell, that he's going to sell. So go ahead and tell him to sell. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've been set up, Jade. (laughs) So the only reason he doesn't want to sell is simply to avoid those capital gains. It's not because he just loves the property and wants to hold on to it and loves the cash flow. 
No, the cash flow is very, very low, unfortunately, less than $500 a month. Mm-hmm. And um, no, we, we don't particularly love it. Um, it was our first home, mm-hmm. uh, but we've, you know, we've been out of it for so long and um, he is, he, it's almost like we can't, he can't stomach that we probably will have to pay quite a bit of money. So what, how much, what's the house worth, the rental? The house right now is worth about five thirty, and we owe about two twenty. Okay, all right, and so you're going to walk out with um, three hundred grand. We'll call it okay, not quite, yeah. but but um, somewhere in that not range. Quite, and right. your the balance on your mortgage okay. is what two twenty five. Okay, so oh, by the time I'm you sorry. pay our, by the time mortgage- you pay capital gains and expenses to sell the house, you pay off your home. You're going to have a little left, but not much. Oh, so I'm sorry. Our home that we live in now, we only owe one twenty. Oh, oh! I thought you said two twenty-five. Okay, two twenty-five no, is the I, rental. I you I'm were sorry. correcting the two twenty. Now I'm catching on. Okay, um, yes. just one twenty. Yeah, and it's and, worth and like so yeah, We've, and let's say and so let's say three hundred. Let's, let's call it two fifty after some taxes and one twenty. So you would have one thirty, one twenty-five, or whatever left over to do some other things with, give or take. Okay. Yes, so, sir. That's um, how, here's yeah. the thing. Um, let's pretend for a second, the, a good way to, I, the, a good way, decision-making tool that I use in our house, Sharon and I use this all the time is if it was already done, would we undo it? Meaning sunk cost analysis is what it's called. Okay. And this comes from the Harvard investment newsletter, uh, where the, the, the teacher in the investment class would say, if you ever, if you ever use what you paid for something as your reason for keeping it, then that's using the wrong analysis. And the class was taught to yell out sunk costs. The only reason you keep something is that you like what it's going to do in the future, not how we got here. Okay. That's a proper analysis of an investment, but it's also the proper analysis of possessions. Okay. And so if I'm looking at a boat in my driveway that I haven't put in the lake in four years and it's worth $10,000, and I say to myself, if I had $10,000 piled in the middle of the table instead of that boat, would I go buy that boat? And the answer is, since I don't use the boat anymore, would obviously be no, right? So that tells me it's time to sell the boat. That's a sunk cost analysis. If I didn't have the boat and I had the money instead, which is what happens if you sell it, then would I, would I go buy the boat? And, if I, and in my case, we have boats and we use them every summer. We love to ski. We're a Rams. We're a lake family. And so, if you said if I didn't have that boat, would I? And I had that money, would I go buy that boat? And I'm like, yeah, I sure would. Then I don't need to sell my boat because that means I'm because I, I like it. Is what we're saying. So let's reverse this and say your house is paid off. This is your to your husband. Okay, your house is paid off. You have a hundred and twenty thousand dollars in a checking account to do renovations with, go on a trip with or whatever it is you described a while ago you're going to do with the extra. If that were the case and you had the opportunity to buy this property that you don't that you currently own and you didn't own it, but you had the opportunity to buy it and put down to, you'd borrow money on your house, you take the money out of your checking account and you go buy this house to put down $300,000 on it, $250,000 on it. And and we're going to have a $500 cash flow and this is the house we own. Would you do that? And his answer is going to be no. 
he's shaking his head right now. You nailed it. That's what you did. He's, he's shaking his head what? <laughs> he's, he's shaking his head. You're right. He wouldn't yeah. buy it. Yeah, I w- he, he wouldn't him. go buy it because the only reason he's keeping it is not because he's in love with the future of it. He just doesn't want to give the government any money because he hates them. And I, I agree. <laughs> okay. And but I get, I get the emotion, but that's not the reason for keeping the house. The reason for keeping the house is it brings our it makes a better future for us. And nowhere in your description of why he wanted to keep the house was that. That's how I knew he would right. sell it. That's how I knew he would sell it. So it's sold. And <laughs> the sold. only bad part about this conversation, Angie, is you win. You set us up. <laughs> you set us up and you still won and we knew we were set up. We all win, Mr. Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Good call. Especially uh, <laughs> my husband. <laughs> you, know, you totally used us, and you still won, and we knew it was happening. So this was a great experience. We're so glad you called. <laughs> oh, thank you. Guys. I love you both. Thank you so much. We love you, darling. Thank you for calling. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Mark, is, Mark is with us in Knoxville. Hey, Mark, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Mr. Ramsey, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I had a, had an uncle pass away, and uh, I got a, I was notified that I have a, a beneficiary IRA in my name. An inherited um, IRA. Or I'm like, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was just looking at the paper. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for, like, it's around $56,000, and mm-hmm. so I was just calling to see, like, what I should do with it. Um, I talked with the person there, and they said, um, I'll be taxed. Like I can leave it in there. It will grow tax free for 10 years. But then after that, I'm required to take it, um, take the money out and then it'll be taxed. No, it's not exactly true. It has to be liquidated. Okay. It has to li- be liquidated 10% a year for 10 years. Gotcha. Okay. An inherited IRA, you have 10 years to undo it and you have to do it 10% a year. So 5,600 each year for 10 years comes out and is taxed. That is the longest you can leave it in you can also just take it all out today and pay the taxes how old are you um 20 26 what do you make um i make about uh like i'm on contract now but like 110 good grand for you. A what do you do i'm a software developer good for you okay well uh we want to honor married. we want to honor your uncle's memory and what a wonderful legacy that he's left to you and i'm sorry for your loss um, oh, thank you. so are you asking what you should do with it? Yeah. I'm like, what, uh, I didn't know. Cause I didn't know from like taxes, should I just leave it and let it grow? Um, and, and there and take that minimum, like you said, that I have to take out per year mm-hmm. and let it grow. Or is it like cash out, like just cash out everything? Like what, uh, yeah. do you have any debt? Out? Uh, no, I don't. Good for you. Very good. Okay. Uh, do you have an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses? Yeah, I do. Good for you. You're doing good, man. Well, uh, I would make sure that the money is invested in good growth stock mutual funds and learn about those. Sit down with an investment advisor. If you need one, you can find them at uh, a SmartVestor Pro that we recommend at RamseySolutions.com, clicking on SmartVestor Pro, and um, then I would leave it. You're going to be required to move 10% out a year for 10 years and be taxed on it. But I'd leave it, let the government, keep the government's hand off of it as long as I can. This is The Ramsey Show.
Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. All right, folks, we got a lot of questions this time of year about taxes. We have agreed that we are uh, ultimately hate them, uh, but we got to pay them because it's the law, and uh, we don't break the law. So there you go. Let's unpack a question from one of our listeners. Would Ramsey Smart Tax software give me a lower tax bill than TurboTax? I doubt it. I wouldn't count on it to give you a lower tax bill. Um, tax software is tax software. The only difference is what you pay for it and how easy it is to use. It should give you, assuming both of them are reasonably written software, that they should give both give you a similar result. Uh, Ramsey Smart Tax is powered by a company called Tax Slayer, who's been around for over 50 years, and you can count on the software to be accurate and up-to-date. I think TurboTax would be accurate and up-to-date. It's a little wacky, a little wonky to use, and it's one of the reasons we did Smart Tax because it's owned by Intuit, which is Rocket Mortgage and QuickBooks and lots and lots and lots and lots of credit cards. Yeah. So their whole reason for doing TurboTax is to try to get your name and use it to sell you debt products. Mm -hmm. So obviously ramsey smart tax is not going to do that it's just a simple software you pay a few bucks and you do your taxes it's no big deal but i think the tax you know is is you know even though uh turbo tax is the evil empire uh we're also gonna not say lies about them in that i right. think i think their tax software is fine i think it does a reasonably good job and i don't think you're gonna think find anything particularly different about it in terms of the result like do i get a higher refund with ramsey no no i don't think so not if not if both of them are operating properly. Yeah. They, yeah. Sh- they should do that. So RamseySolutions.com slash smart tax. If you don't want to be shoveled debt products while you're trying to do your thing. The other thing is we're not all the forms are included and there's no like upcharge gotchas. You want some fries with that? You want some fries with that? We don't <laughs> we don't do that. Uh, we just the thing just works and you pay one fee and you get it. It's real simple, real clean. RamseySolutions.com slash smart tax. If you want to just keep your life simple. Yeah, both both are accurate. Open phones at triple eight eight two five five two two five. Vicky is in Las Vegas. Hi, Vicky. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? Um, I am wondering. My husband and I both have long term care insurance, and recently I got a letter saying that I could increase the um, the benefit for an additional charge for my premium. It doesn't seem significant for on either. And I just wondered what your feeling was. Do you just stick with the long-term policy that you have? I mean, it's with the same company, but they, every three years, they send you this offer. I turned it down the last three years. So if I turn it down this time, they won't offer it to me again. Okay. So how much is your coverage? We have, um, three years mm-hmm. and it's about $61,000 a year. So just a little over $180,000. Have you shopped have. around and looked at long-term care, nursing home or whatever process you're going to use? And can you do that for $60,000 in your area? No, you cannot. It, it seems to me like it would be uh, like the max they pay a day is 165000 And it seemed to me like it was going to be more like it was going to be what? 250. No, no, no. I'm talking about per year. Um, no, I think it'd be closer to about 80,000. 
Okay, so you have sixty thousand. Increase- you have sixty thousand per year for three years, and you think it's going to take eighty thousand per year for three years. Right, but the increase that they're offering is only an extra seventeen dollars a day. Okay. So it's not significant, and it's and then it costs an extra twenty dollars a month on the policy. Okay, all right. And do you have any money? Uh, we have our home is uh, worth about nine hundred thousand, and we have about seven hundred thousand in mutual funds. Good for you. And we well have done. we have we have pension and social security that okay. adds up to about 120,000 a year. So really Got we it. don't need our money. So here, here's the, here's the thing. Okay. Here's what you, here's your way. You pose the question back to yourself and it'll tell you what to do. Um, okay. Do I want to take $20,000 a year worth of risk for three years, $60,000 total exposure? Cause it's going to take mm-hmm. 80, but you got 60 coverage, right? Right. Do I want to take a $60,000 exposure for $20 a month and get rid of some of it? Or do I want to, with my 700000 be very comfortable that I can cover that sixty? Okay. You don't take the increase. You self-insure okay. it with the seven hundred because you're not taking right. that much risk relative to the size of your nest egg. Okay. Okay. As a matter of right, fact, yeah, you really I mean, could self-insure the whole thing if you wanted to drop it. Well, I've been on the fence about it, but thank you for saying that because I've just not known what to do, so I've kept it. Yeah, it's okay to keep it, but I would definitely would not increase it. But, you know, okay. so again, what would you be taking on? The typical nursing home stay in America is two and a half years. That's the national average. Right. And, you know, so your exposure is three years. At 80,000, okay. 240,000. So if Papa goes into the nursing home, you end up with a half a million dollars when the smoke clears. If you self-insure through this on average, now you could, it could go higher, but if it goes higher, you run out of coverage anyway, cause you've only got three years of coverage. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, uh, it, okay. it's taking the edge off by having the policy. But I would not give them another dime for any more coverage. I think you're in good shape financially. By the way, you're millionaires. You did a great job, Very Vicky. Good. Great work. Paul's with us in Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, Paul, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks so much for taking my call. Really appreciate it. Sure. How can we help? Um, all right. I got a uh, how much house would you buy question. Uh, we're moving from Omaha to uh, the Pacific Northwest to be closer to family. And um, we've got a total, including uh, our retirements, which this last year I converted all into Roth. We got about 600K that we could, that we could spend. That would take us down to no retirement and just our uh, six month emergency fund. And the question that I have is how much of that would you uh, spend on a house? Are you talking about draining your retirement to pay cash for a house? Uh, potentially some of it. It's a, it's a question. Of, so right now, like almost all of that is basically Roth principal because of the conversion uh, this last year. How old are you? So I can take, uh, I'm 34. My wife's 31. So you're going to be penalized too. Uh, because of the Roth conversion and because it's all principal, we could take it without the penalties. Almost all of it. What's your household income? 
Uh, let's call it 120. How much of the 600 is the Roth? Uh, total, and that's about one. Uh, it's about 135 right now. Okay, so you've got 450 thousand that's not in retirement. Correct. Okay. That's available to you. The four, the four fifty that's left. If you can take it without penalty, and then leave the other uh, one thirty five. Yeah, it's just it's it's so the place that we're moving to, um, it's got a pretty wide range of houses that you can buy there. Anything from you know your two hundred fifty thousand dollars serious need of fixing up, right, to your million dollar plus home. That would um, be true in every that, city. I mean, the the fact yeah. of the matter is, you can only buy what you can afford. Right. So that's kind of what that's what your parameter has got to be. And of course, we would say to pick something that's on a 15 year fixed rate where the income is no more than 25 percent of your take home pay. So those are the parameters we're working in. I wouldn't touch the 135, the 135K principle. I would just use the 450. If you want to save a little bit longer to have more, save longer. Yeah, put 450 down as a minimum. Uh, it'd be nice to buy a $450,000 house, just pay cash. That'd be choice one. Yeah. Choice two is don't take out a mortgage that's more than a fourth of your take-home pay on a 15-year fixed with 450 down. This is The Ramsey Show. What's up, guys? It's Jade. Look, if you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.